Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,685. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Joliet, Illinois, with a very special guest who loves to drive fast and have fun by the name of Brian Bolander. Brian, welcome to Cars Yeah! Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am strapped in, six-point harness is ready and pulled tight. Let's get after it. All right, well, I'll try to keep it on the track between the guardrails today so we don't need that six-point harness, but I appreciate you coming prepared to the show here today. I would like to start, before I give you a proper introduction, to ask you to share one little thing with my audience that maybe most people don't know about you. Well, that's an interesting question. Probably the thing people don't know most about me is I actually like to do a little bit of drawing every now and then, get out the artistic side, whether really? it's you know, coming up with those little logo design ideas or, or drawing cars. Maybe that goes back to the passion as, as a youth of being involved in automobiles. But uh, yeah, every once in a while we get out the laptop and we'll, we'll draw some cars up and make some really neat renderings out of it. Well, that's cool. You know, my profession going way back was in the marketing and advertising world, graphic design, things like that. So I I think it's good for everybody to use some creativity, use the other side of their brain, if you will. Now, you work in marketing, so you're a creative guy already, and you're on the track racing, as I'll say in a minute here in your introduction. But I always tell people, you know, everybody can be creative. And my father used to teach artwork to people who had terminal illnesses to be artists and to create something for their loved ones to keep as a memento. And many of them said, well, I've never painted or drawn in my life. I can't paint. I can't draw. And he always said, yes, you can. I'll show you how. And help them develop whatever technique that was in the short time they had left in their life. So I always liked the fact that uh, he shared that legacy with so many people and with me that everybody has creative side to them. You just have to explore it and uh, get some seat time, right? That's it. There you go. Well, let me give you a proper introduction, and we're going to dive into what you do here. Brian Bolander is the Director of Marketing at Sports and Partnership at Old World Industries. Over the course of 45 years, Old World Industries has transformed from a small chemical trading company into a multi-billion dollar global powerhouse for the automotive, chemical, and agricultural industries. They manage over a dozen leading consumer and commercial brands across 62 countries. Brian is a 25-year automotive industry veteran who has successfully led brand sponsorship activation programs within the professional motorsports and drivers teams and major global series. And for over three decades, he's been a champion club racing driver, an instructor, and grassroots team owner, ranging from karting to club road racing he is having some fun we'll be back in just a minute to talk with brian but first a word from our very valued sponsors that make this show possible so give them a listen give them a little love better yet give them some business keep your seatbelts on we'll be right back the best way to protect your vehicles is with a covercraft custom fit car cover i know because i've been using their covers on my vehicles since 1975 Plus, they offer a multitude of options depending on your situation. Indoor covers include form fit, dust stop, the oh-so-soft fleece satin, and their very unique view shield, a cover that protects while allowing you to see your favorite vehicle while the cover's on your car. Amazing. 
Need a cover that will protect your ride outside? Their incredible options allow you to choose from Weather Shield, Sumbrella, Weather Shield HD, Block It, Reflect, Carhartt, Evolution, Nova, and Weather Shield HP. So many options. Whether you're looking for rain protection, UV shielding from the sun's damaging rays, breathability, dust protection, snow protection, even ding protection and protection from those paint-destroying bird droppings. They've got you covered. Their soft-touch covers are safe for your paint, and the custom fit keeps them from blowing off. If you live in a windy area, get the Covercraft Gust Guards. They're a must-have if your car sits outside in windy conditions. Worried about theft? They have cable locks, too, with built-in grommets that keep your cover safely on your vehicle. Their website makes ordering fast and easy, and their talented customer service department will walk you through any ordering questions. They can customize a cover for almost any vehicle on the planet. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code yeah 120 at covercraft.com you'll get 10 percent off your covercraft order that's right so go to covercraft.com use the code yeah y-e-a-h 120 at checkout and get 10 percent off on me mark here at cars yeah covercraft they've got you covered american collectors insurance that's who now protects my porsche turbo yeah the one i call my orange crush when it came time to renew my policy my carrier jacked my rates up even though i'd been with them for years i'd never made a claim no tickets nothing what's with that adios so i started shopping around and kept hearing about american collectors insurance from fellow automotive enthusiasts friends and folks in the car industry I did some investigating and learned that American Collectors Insurance have been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I'm not a price shopper when it comes to insurance. I want to be able to sleep at night. I also want agreed value protection for my special ride. With an agreed valued policy from American Collectors Insurance, I'll be paid what my vehicle's full agreed value is. A number I set with the insurer at the start of the policy so I know there will be no surprises about what my car's value is, should something terrible happen. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH, that's 866 866- 224-9324 and protect the ones you love. Make sure you tell them Mark sent you. You'll be glad you did. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, Brian, we are back and I would like to start this journey that we're going to call your life today with a success quote or a mantra. Now, as a guy in marketing, I would imagine you have a lot of thoughts on this. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking since you love to drive fast. So, Brian, take the wheel. Well, it's a kind of a a personal mantra, but it's also uh, something that a a great friend and mentor once told me. You know, passion is contagious. That's really my mantra. Anybody that knows me and knows knows my passion and love for the automotive industry just knows it just oozes out of me. But really, for me, it's about the passion and enthusiasm. The great quote that he said is, passion and enthusiasm far outweighs any piece of paper you've ever earned. I'd rather have somebody that's enthusiastic to encourage people and to get things done rather than the theory. not trying to take anything away from anybody who does and who's got a lot of degrees that's yep. fine and that's great that you got the education but if you can't apply it you can't get it done and that's what i love about this car culture we're a lot of doers we get things done and we get it done because we love it we're enthusiastic we're passionate about it 
You know, absolutely. When I started this podcast, my mantra, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, is all about people who are inspiring and they're automotive enthusiasts. And together, we're going to inspire others to help them understand they can actually have a career in this area that they're so passionate about. I have friends that have worked their whole life in a in a business that's very successful, but it's not their passion. They live for the weekends. They live for going racing or going out in the garage and turning some wrenches. But they have to wait to do that until their other job gets them there. But you're all about, you figured out a way to wrap that passion into your career and into what you do. And I want to talk more about that. So tell us about what gets you fired up and passionate every day, get you out of bed to go to work at Old World Industries and do what you do as Director of Marketing at Sports and Partnerships. Well, well, a lot of what I do at this point is geared around motorsports, uh, some for PR with the, the corporate standpoint, telling the, the story of the company and the brands. But I'm fortunate enough that being a racer, I get to go to racetracks. I get paid to be at races. And <laughs> cool. Who can complain about that, right? right. So for me, it, it's great that I get not only the interaction from the team side, but get to see what the fans can relate to it. And then really my job from a business standpoint is, why do you do this, right? You do this to grow the business. And if you can't grow the business, then why are we investing in this? So my responsibility ultimately is putting all the pieces together, getting the fans excited about what we do, getting other companies excited about what we do within the business. And then ultimately that translates into the sponsorships you see on major teams, like with Stuart Haas Racing and Clint Boyer, with John Force, uh, with the Haas F1 program. And I mean, they could go back years. Uh, there's been probably 50 to 60 programs I've been involved with over the past 25 years in motorsports in the past 20 years with the company. Tell my listeners a little more about Old World Industries. Now, this is a huge company. It's become giant, but maybe some of the products that maybe the at-home person should know about and could be using. Yeah, that's a great point, Mark. And when you hear Old World Industries, you don't really people don't really understand or know what old world is. But if I tell you Peak Antifreeze, for example, and the full suite of Peak Performance products. There you go. Uh, Blue Def, which is the diesel exhaust fluid, the number one uh, number one brand in the in the category, for example. So we've got a bunch of heavy-duty and commercial brands like Final Charge and Fleet Charge as well. Our truck bed liner unit, which is Herculiner. Uh, most consumers have heard of that as well. Yep. So just, just to name a few... Uh, a few of our brands, but obviously very heavily and heavily involved in not only the, the automotive side from performance side, but also in trucking and transportation and agriculture, as a matter of fact, as well. Absolutely. You know, I want to talk a little bit about your racing as well here. Before we get on the track with you here, what's the favorite thing about your career that you get up and get to do every day? Now, you mentioned getting to go to races and racetracks and be around these people, but is there something else in your career that you just go, man, I can't believe I'm getting paid to do this? Yeah, I think probably the secondary piece of that is, is really the education component of it. And I say the education component from, I've been fortunate to be involved in a lot of different, uh, different programs through, uh, through the family that owns the company to give back to the automotive industry and get more technicians involved into it. Uh, so that's one of the things that, that really gets me excited. The other piece is putting it all together and seeing the excitement and the passion of other people within the industry when we can kind of collaborate and we come up with these bigger programs that benefit them, benefit our business, and then ultimately benefit the, the automotive enthusiasts and, and the racing community as well. 
Well, you're really all about solving challenges for people. And that's the great benefit of working in a, a service and product industry like you is people who are in the cars, in the garage, or on the track, wherever it might be, or out in the field with the tractors, uh, they have challenges that they need to overcome so they can get their job done. And what you guys are doing at Old World is providing solutions that really work. And when you hear brands like you mentioned, Peak and others, then people go, oh, I know what he's talking about. So many of these products we see these days are owned by a big umbrella company, if you will. And there's all these different pieces. You know, I've been attending SEMA, well, except for this year, of course, and you're in the same boat. Uh, This would have been my 31st year going to SEMA. And you go up to booths and you go, wait a minute. Uh, You don't know the name of the umbrella company, the big overlord, if you will. Maybe that's a bad way to put it, but you know what I mean. But you see all the brands and you go, okay, I see you're part of that group. Wow, I had no idea. Let's dive into your racing, though, because I used to race vintage cars. I love racing. You've been out there doing this for a long time. So talk about how you got started in it, what you like about it. I mean, you're an instructor, you're a driver, grassroots team owner. That's pretty cool from karting to club road racing. So let's talk racing. Great. Well, thanks, Mark. There's a lot of different levels to that. Uh, I think coming from a family of drag racers, my uh, my dad was a drag racer back in the, in the 60s. Uh, my mom's brothers were drag racers. Obviously, that's how they met. So it's always been in the DNA, shall we say. I had the opportunity as a kid to, to go to different events and just was really enthralled with it. Uh, one of the things that, that I always uh, loved to do was spend my Saturday nights at midget races. And that really was kind of the, yeah. the hook. And I, I wanted to be one of them, you know. I had the opportunity to, to move on into karting uh, into, uh, into my early teens and then through my late teens, went stock car racing for a couple of years. And let's just say going in a circle wasn't for me and had to take a little bit of a break. And I got invited out to a, a track day event and uh, the rest, they say, is history that put the hook back in and reeled me back in. And uh, that was 12 years ago. And since then, I've been at a full-fledged from doing anything from HBDEs to uh, racing. Uh, I actually raced a car called the Thunder Roadster that's manufactured by U.S. Legend Cars. Been very successful in that. Won a bunch of events in that. And we together, well, myself, the group that, that I run with here in the, the Midwestern area, Great Lakes region, uh, some of the guys on the East Coast and the guys out West, they've all kind of got together and it's NASA's newest national class, and it's growing all the time, and it's got some of the best competition in the country because they're spec cars, which, as you know, Mark, from being a racer, really tests the driver because everything else is equal, and it yeah. really comes down to who wants to win the, the most on a given day. It's usually the one that stands at the top of the podium. So it's been, it's been a great ride on that. It's been, been a lot of fun to build that and, and can help along there, that front. What that's also led then to is, you know, again, I mentioned before the education and the giving back part of it and being an instructor. And uh, for the past four years, uh, I've been been fortunate enough to lead NASA Great Lakes Region Competition School, where I've had over 100 students come through. And uh, of those 100 students, uh, I think a half dozen of them have actually stood on the top step of the podium at uh, NASA Nationals. So it's kind of rewarding to see those guys come through. My last national championship ended in the wall three corners before the finish line in mid-Ohio running for a podium position. Oh, no. But when I see my students go stand on top of the podium, it, it kind of puts it all in perspective. Oh, absolutely. I've got a great picture you sent me that'll be on your Cars Yeah show notes page at Mid-Ohio uh, NASA event. The white car, is that the car you're talking about? Yeah, that's the car I'm talking about. Yeah, that's cool. It's kind of like a little sports racer, mini Can-Am car. It's got a wing in the back, open top, but enclosed, uh, open body, enclosed body, whatever way you put it. But it looks like it's a blast to drive. 
they are a blast to drive. They're uh, they're library rear end, so with a spool, so just like a go kart, you got to float it through the corner. Yeah. Don't have a lot of power. They have a Suzuki Hayabusa engine in them. So uh, with that said, it's it's really high RPM, not a lot of torque, definitely a momentum car. And uh, with the spool, dancing the car around, always being on the edge of control and, and limited power. It's really about momentum, and it's about maximizing it. And when you when you look at these cars as close as they run together, and the drivers run inside by side in the corners with them. Uh, you and I think some of your audience is probably familiar with the, with the data component of it. Our cars will pull 1.8 Gs in the corner, which wow. is nothing to, to slouch about. Yeah. Uh, when, you, when you're talking about the you know, cornering speed and ability and to run them side by side the way we do, it's, it's just tremendous. It's a great show. You ever get a chance to come come watch us or one of the reasons to run the class, definitely keep an eye out for it. There's something special to watch on track. No doubt. I learned a lot about momentum when I was vintage racing in a 1960 Lotus Formula Junior 18 that did not have a lot of power and little skinny Dunlop tires, but it was all about getting up to speed and maintaining that speed by sliding through corners and uh, and having fun. But what you're doing, uh, it takes that to a whole nother level. So it sounds like you're having a blast. We are. <laughs> I always ask my guests about uh, a time in their life when they faced a big challenge or even a big failure. And I want you to share one of those times in your life with me. But the real important part of this is how did you overcome it and what did you learn from it so you could move forward in a positive way? So take us on a little couple laps around the track, maybe. Well, it's, it's, that's a perfect analogy to, to where this goes. Uh, I think anybody who knows me knows I'm 6'4", and I'm not uh, not that I'm a, a giant uh, per se, frame-wise, but uh, we know race car drivers for the most part are jockeys, so my entire life, can you imagine a 6'4 kid trying to race no, a go-kart? No, you're, you're a giant in my world. I'm not tall, and I could. that's the advantage. I could fit in any car, but uh, I did have a friend who uh, wanted to race a Shelby Cobra, but he was too big, so they actually stretched the whole frame of the car and the body so he could fit in he had the money to do that imagine doing that with a real car but yeah no i can't imagine so how'd you deal with that well you know it's always a challenge but in the same token uh, what do you gotta do either you don't do it or you figure out a way to overcome it and and right. it, it hasn't been as much of a detriment moving up into full-fledged cars than what it was in the karting days you know karting days your center of gravity is way off with having long knees but uh and the cars yep. it hasn't been quite as much of a disadvantage but i still fight the the minimum weight deal compared to the, some of the jockeys that I race against and you know what it, it's rewarding for me to know that I can carry the extra weight out there and that maybe there's something I'm doing behind the wheel that I'm just as competitive as the rest of them and can run right with them so what it has taught me is a lot of things it's forced me to be a little bit more athletic obviously pay attention to what you do and and what you eat and the best part about that is, is you know, you've got to keep yourself in shape to where that last couple laps of the race are some of your best. And there's been several occasions where a broken track records come into the checkered flag. So that's uh, wow. so must have been doing something right on that. Yeah, I think you were. Uh, you know, you think about race car drivers and especially today and when you get in the upper echelons, NASCAR, Formula One, IndyCar, these guys, their health and their performance physically is as important as their mental performance and just their skill sets on the track. And you look at how much time they dedicate to getting into shape and you talked about pulling one point something G's. I mean, you start getting into an F1 car, IndyCar, just recently had an IndyCar racer on my show and you talk about what that does to your head and neck going around a corner, right? I mean, it's just, it's insane. So being in shape definitely helps. And the few times that I did some endurance racing in vintage cars, you start to realize, okay, I can't imagine these guys jumping into a Can-Am car in the 60s and doing this for three hours. They're animals. 
Well, yeah, absolutely. And especially with that kind of technology, at least in today's day and age, your seats are designed to wrap around you and they hold you in place. Yeah. In those days, the harnesses were, were barely sufficient, let alone the seats and the capabilities that they had and the, the times that they ran and the pace they ran. It's pretty remarkable with those drivers of that era, what they did. I mean, it's to me, the 60s and 70s were probably the golden era of motorsports just because of the intrigue behind it, the openness of the rules and more so the danger to it. There was a chance you weren't coming home where uh, by all means nowadays racing isn't a hundred percent safe but your odds are definitely in your favor now than what they were two generations ago oh yeah you look at some of those guys racing back in the 50s and 60s they didn't even want to have a seatbelt on because if they crashed they wanted to be thrown clear and imagine you and i going into a race with that mentality well if i crash i really want to be thrown out of the car and you go why would i want to be thrown out of the car well because you don't want to get crushed and burned yeah, things have changed, that's for sure. It's it's good, because now you can see these horrific crashes and guys just step out of the car, and you're like, oh, thank goodness, because, yeah, scary, scary times. I've had plenty of those old racers on the show that lost a lot of their buddies uh, back in the day, so times they have changed. Let's take a short break, and we're going to thank our sponsors again here. When we come back, we're going to dive into your personal passion for cars, Brian, so keep the harness on. We'll be right back. Let's step away from the conversation and talk about our charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. Among these nonprofits is TechForce Foundation, a great organization dedicated to solving the technician shortage that threatens the transportation industry today. By providing career development resources and increasing awareness and enthusiasm for the tech profession, TechForce is bringing bright young students into the auto, diesel, aviation, marine, motorcycle, motorsports, and restoration worlds. To date, they've awarded more than $10 million in scholarships and grants to tech students. And in times like these, I don't have to tell you how essential those techs are, keeping our delivery and emergency vehicles running and keeping America rolling. To learn more about TechForce or to make a donation to this cause, visit www.techforce.org. You'll be glad you did. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read. Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. So what do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans? 
racer and the Racers Group team owner, Kevin Buckler, founded Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series. These are four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends, titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today I'm going to tell you about Apex. It's a rich and complex blend of Cabernet Sauvignon, Syrah, and Cabernet Franc. This blend is a showcase of perfection and hits the Apex with its full-bodied smooth finish. An added very cool option is the label. It's a multi-dimensional rumble strip Apex, reminiscent of Turn 4 at Laguna Seca. The Racing Series is a spectacular gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word in all caps, at checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of the wines from the Racing Series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout for $10 off your purchase today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. Go to adoberoadwines.com today and use the code CARSYEAH. Cheers! All right, Brian, we are back, and I would love for you to share a story with me that instigated this passion you have for cars. Now, you talked about growing up with a dad who was a drag racer. That must have been cool as a kid. What does your dad do? Races dragsters. Uh, Tell me about a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be, like your dad, a car guy. It's funny that you say that because actually the, the racing part of it had been gone by the time the, that I came around. Uh, the, the race cars were parked and were sold at that point. So it was just the memories. Maybe that was part mm-hmm. of it is the longing to get back into it. Um, yeah. from, from my side as a kid, I wasn't the most athletic kid. And there was just something cool about being around cars and something intriguing about auto racing. And it, it really kind of grew me to that. That was my thing. With that being said, that really was the inspiration for being an enthusiast, going to races and, and looking at the drivers and saying, I'd love to be one of them someday. Um, you know, it's funny. We talked about in the last segment about athleticism. I wasn't an athlete and it's kind of forced me to actually work a little harder to be more athletic and, and stay more in shape. There's just something cool about being identified as, as a car person. And there's just something even more cool about being a racer. Anytime you have a conversation with somebody that's usually the second or third thing I mentioned, but at that point, people stop, and that, that's really your point of differentiation because there's so many people in, out there that, you know, we have great jobs, we have great families and, and other passions, but it, as one of my friends says to me, you by far, Brian, have the coolest hobby of any of my friends. <laughs> well, it's fun, yeah. Let's talk about your first really special car. Now, this could be the first race car you got in that was really special for you or a street car, something that maybe you saved up for. That could even be the first car you had in your life. So take us on a little, another little trip here, if you would. Well, Mark, I've had a few different vehicles throughout time frame and a few cars that I've owned and, and different cars, obviously, that I've raced. The, the first car, probably the, I won't say influential car, but probably the unique car that, that sets me off is my very first car was a 1987 Chevy Caprice. And it had a big K40 CB antenna on the back of it. It was all white and it looked like a police car. So can you imagine okay. a... Uh, a uh, 16-year-old kid driving around in what looks like a police car. It uh, sounds it like trouble to me. It, yeah, it, it definitely could have led to some things. Thank, thank God I, I had good parents that kept me in line, but it, it, it could have yeah. spiraled out of control really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. I have a cousin who had a police interceptor that had been retired 
And he lived in uh, Carmel and during car week for Pebble, he would leave town because he's not a car guy. And he said, oh, you crazy car people come in and mess up my city. So he would drive up to the San San Jose airport and then leave his car for me. And then he would go out to the country for a week. I would fly in, pick up his car. And I'll tell you, the first time I drove that from San Jose down to Monterey, I get on Highway 101 and I'm always over in the left lane anyway. And everybody is pulling over. And I didn't realize at first what was going on. I'm like, man, this is cool. Everybody's getting out of my way. I've never had this happen before. And I just keep going and going and going. And all of a sudden, uh, I pass one guy and I look over and he kind of looks at me and then he starts laughing. And I'm like, well, I got something in my teeth. What is he laughing about? And then a friend of mine I was with, I go, this is really weird how everybody's pulling over. And he goes, Mark, we're in a police interceptor with tinted windows, dark blue. They think you're a cop. <laughs> and I went, Oh, duh. Yeah. And even I uh, had a highway patrol, a marked one, come up next to me and wave and drive on. I'm, I'm thinking, I wonder if he thinks I'm, you know, undercover or something. But do you have any great stories of your time in that car that match that? Uh, not particularly that, <laughs> that, have, that have been to that level. No, I have had many of people, though, as I'm driving towards them. This was a two door rather than a four door. So from the front or back, you were good. From the side, everybody knew it was it was kind of a joke. But there have been many a times driving down the road where I could visibly see people coming at me, slowing down just a little bit. Well, I'll tell you another fun thing with that car. We drove into the tra- racetrack at Laguna Seca and we had a parking pass to park in one of the distant lots, you know, where you had to walk in. And I go up and one of the, it was a young guy, but they were manning the stations. He goes, oh, uh, you go down and you can park in the paddock. And I went, okay. And I pulled the parking pass off the rearview mirror and I drove down to the paddock. Another guy stopped me and he goes, oh, oh, okay, no problem, officer. Just go park over there. And I'm with my buddy and he's like, this is awesome. (laughs) So we got to park right down in the paddock with all the other cars because they thought, again, they thought we were, you know, a highway patrol car. And uh, there you go. So, yeah, bonus. 87 Chevy Caprice. Not bad. I like that. Well, here's a bit of an introspective question for you, Brian. I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here. If you woke up tomorrow and Brian was a car, manifest as a car, not what you want to be, but your personality traits in a machine, what would you be and more importantly, why? Wow, that's a... That's a that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty deep <laughs> no. question there, Mark. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, you're on the psychologist couch today. We're going into your life a little. I like bit. that. I got my feet up, and uh, and we're we're gonna we're gonna tell a story. Tell me about your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I would have to say, as obscure as this is, it would be yep. either a Top Heel Dragster or a Funny Car. Okay. The reason being behind that is that if you think about this in perspective, what do you do with a fuel car? You put a bullet in it, you make a pull, you fire the thing off, and you go back and you rebuild it. In a lot of ways, yeah. it's in life the same way. You go out there and you try something, you do it, you do the best you can with it, and maybe it doesn't work out, or maybe you go set a national record at the end of the day, but everything you do is a learning experience. You go back and you rebuild it, and you continue to do you do it again, and you get better at it and you get better at it and you get better at it. So really, I mean, life is about a process, right? It's about yeah. learning and taking what you learn and building upon it. You know, they always say that they can take your money and they can take everything away, but the one thing they can't take is your knowledge, right? So you're not always starting yeah. at ground zero. You're always starting at a different level. You just think you may go backwards, but you can't undo what you've already learned. 
Great way you answered that. I love that. And I just got a book in the mail. I have a lot of authors on the show. And one of my guests was a woman named Alana Share. She's a journalist and writer. And she just did a book titled Don the Snake Prudhomme. And I was looking at it the other night and my wife came over and I said, you know, when I was a kid, I built models of these cars that the snake drove. And she goes, the snake, what was that? And I go, well, that's Prudhomme. That's what he was called, the snake. And she just rolled her eyes and goes, that's nice, Mark. Uh, I'm going to the other room. <laughs> so, but I'm looking at this going, man, it's so cool. But I love your analogy to life. You make a run at something and then you go back and rebuild. You learn from it and you just keep doing that throughout life and you just keep getting better and better. And that's how you become a champion. So nicely done, Brian. You passed the test. That's pretty cool. All right. That's, that could be a hard question for some people. So we are entering what I call the last lap. You've been here many times. White flag is out. You can see the checkered in the distance. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and have you give us some quick blips of that top fuel dragster or funny car throttle, which sounds oh so good. My eyes are starting to water from the <laughs> alcohol burning in the, in the air here. What's one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your successes in life? Surround yourself with people that are better than you are. There you go. And I know that sounds crazy, but I'll give you a great example of that. I got privileged, I had the privilege to race in the mid 400 last year. And uh, we won our class, thankfully. It was, was a great deal. There wasn't, didn't put a wheel off. We finished the race with the same four tires that started the race. And anybody who's done a wow. desert race knows that's almost impossible. And yeah. fortunately for me, I started third. I was lead when I handed the car over to the rest of the team. But I'm telling you right now, I was by far the weakest link on that team. Even with the road racing background I had, they were better. And that, to me, is key in life. Be is be the best you can be, but surround yourself with people that are even better. Learn from them. Have, have them help you be better at what you do, and everybody wins. You know, there's a great, and my regular listeners have heard this before, my mom always to say, pick your friends very wisely and pick friends who are better at everything than you are because you will strive to go to their level. And she even said to do it with the wife that I chose or the woman I chose to marry, which I did. I think that was a trick because my wife's way smarter than me and I'm reminded of it all the time. But it does keep me on my toes and makes me strive to be a little better. But yeah, we are the culmination of the people we surround ourselves with. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal and surround yourself with somebody very unique and special in the automotive industry or racing industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? So I'm going to give you two on this because I think the okay. th- think you'll you'll understand why after I explain it. So the first one I actually have done, and that would be John Force. Uh, I have shared Ooh, wow. a bottle of wine or two with John, and I will tell you from a business standpoint, there's no one in racing smarter than this gentleman. Uh, I don't wow. care what anybody says or what you think. If you really dive deep and get to know John Force, he's the smartest guy in the business. He really is. And just okay. having the opportunity to sit down and have a beverage or two and pick his brain is just pretty remarkable. I'll go down the deceased road. The deceased road for me, because it was before my time, but just because of what he did with the industry, I would say it'd be Mark Donahue. He's probably the smartest person to ever live in motorsports. From an engineering standpoint, from a driving standpoint, by far one of the hardest, if not the hardest working person ever. I think the guy slept, what, a couple hours a night from reading his book. <laughs> and literally, that was his life, was racing. And I can just imagine the stories and the learnings that, that somebody like that could share if, they, if he had the opportunity. So I'd break it into two. But one, I've been fortunate enough to do. One, obviously, we, we won't get that opportunity. 
Well, can you imagine both those guys at a dinner table and getting to just sit there and listen to them chat? Uh, pretty darn special. But you picked two all-stars there for sure. Very fortunate you got to spend some time with with Mr. Force, too. I mean, holy cow, that guy's cool. Now, when it comes to automotive advice or racing advice, what's the best advice someone else ever offered to you? Well, let's go down the racing room, Mark, and you'll appreciate this being a vintage racer. How about a quote from the great Vic Elford? Privileged to have had the opportunity to go through a skip barber school, but Vic happened to be one of our instructors. And Vic said to me, he says, Brian, he said, the essence of road racing is the execution of perfection. And I teach this all the time through my comp school uh, classes. I always bring this up. And, and if you really think about how prophetic it is, why do you race? You, you strive to be the best you possibly can. And with that said, road racing is about execution of perfection. It is about being perfect and about running as close to perfect as you possibly can. And what is yeah. the drug or what is the thrill that brings you back is that you don't ever do it. You can break a track yeah. record, and now data now is the greatest thing in the world because you can sit there and say, see, to the pants, I've gotten everything out of the car I can get, and the engineer will pull the data and go, you're full of BS because you left two-tenths of a table, <laughs> two-tenths on the table yeah. here in turn four. Yeah. Right? It's Darn the execution it. <laughs> of perfection because you're never going to do it, and that's what the drug that brings you back to keep trying to, to be better every time. Well, you're very fortunate to do that with Vic, and he's been a guest here on Cars, yeah, so it was nice to re communicate with him i've run into him at a couple vintage races he's been invited to drive at but yeah definitely one of the greats and of course with porsche my mark of choice i was in heaven that day now when it comes to resources is there one that you'd like to share that's a go-to for you well, I mean, I guess for resources, depending on what you're what you're looking for, if you're looking for a book, particularly on the on the racing side of things, you can't go wrong with a Ross Bentley book. Uh, I probably spend more time in Ultimate Speed Secrets than any other book in the racing industry in the racing world, just because of the knowledge that's in it. And it's not just technique, it's psychology. Uh, I've had the privilege to actually meet Ross and spend some time with him through my great friend Eric Meyer at the Instructor Summit. And uh, one of the great things with Ross is Ross is not only about technique, but it's the psychology behind it. And he really has tapped into something there. And if you can take some of those principles back, even from the racetrack to your business life or your personal life, it just makes you a better person because you look at it from a different perspective. Yeah, Ross has been a guest on the show and he lives like 15 minutes from my house here in the Pacific Northwest. And I've known him for a long time. And when I first started vintage racing, somebody gave me his first first couple of his books and they were really, really, really helpful to me. He's a great guy. And I'll tell our listeners, if you're into driving, even we weekend club events, driving with your local BMW club, Porsche club, whatever it might be, even not professional racing. He has a great weekly subscription you can sign up to and get it via email that has some really great stories, helpful stories. I'll make sure I put a link to that on Brian's show notes page. Shout out to Ross. He does a great job. He also started a podcast uh, as well, which is pretty cool. All right, Brian, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy, but it's a good thought. I'm going to buy you a collector car today. Anything you'd like to have, something fun to park in the garage but it needs to tick a lot of boxes because there are rules to my game one is it's the only collector car you can have it has to be a driver no dust collectors or garage queens i don't think that's going to be a problem for you and you can't sell it to uh, fund your racing team or buy a bunch more race cars you've got to keep it so that little trick's off the table you pick an expensive car you're keeping that expensive car what am i buying brian today well, there's a lot of different things that could go with this direction. I could go really exotic, but I'm more of a muscle car guy. And with okay. that, that said, there's a lot of great muscle car choices, but the car that 
probably resonates the most with me because it was kind of that car in the time frame when I went to school that would be cool and obscure enough to where people would would get into it, but you know, wouldn't be way over the top. You know, when I grew I grew up in the late eighties, early nineties, it was all Mustangs and Camaros and all that stuff. But the car for me would be an eighty four to eighty six Chevy Monte Carlo. Okay, we're back to the Chevy. So interesting. Well, that's okay. Those are cool cars and you can do a lot to them, but I would guess yours would be a little bit modified. Mine would be a little bit modified, probably more along the pro touring lines. And it definitely would have to be a notchback and not the NASCAR fastback from 87 on. And, and you know, okay. I think a lot of that has to do with that would have been the car in high school. If I really, really could have funded it and had the opportunity, that would have been the car in high school I would have drove. There you go. Do you have a color choice so I get you the right one? Um, I'd go either white or black. About that. Okay. I think they'd look good in both colors. So we'll see what we can do for you there. Well, Brian, you've taken me on a fun ride around the track. I knew this would be great. I want to do a shout out to Noah Thanos at Con Media. They bring me so many great guests here. I just had Dan Con on the show a couple weeks ago. So if you missed that, go back and give it a listen. Thank you to all my friends at Con Media. Before I let you go, before I let you rip off down the drag strip in that 84 Chevy Monte Carlo, what's one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance you might offer us? Um, follow your dreams, especially if you want to be in the automotive industry, because you'll find there's so many of us that are just passionate about this and they were willing to help. Uh, anybody who reaches out to me and, and wants help or wants advice is that wants to be in this industry, I'm always here for it and I'm glad to help. Well, that's very cool. And obviously, I have 1,685 inspiring automotive enthusiasts now here on Cars Yeah that have proved exactly that. If you want to have a career, in the automotive industry, there are so many opportunities out there. You can just listen to all my guests. How can people learn more about Old World Industries and how do they reach out to you? So you want to know more about Old World and our brands, probably the best place to go to would be peakauto.com. Uh, want to know more about me and some of the dealings and happening things, the things that are happening in my world, you can go to brianbolander.com or follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. And uh, we're trying to keep up with, with everything going on and, and help, like I said, spread the message and, and help uh, help those in the industry learn a little bit more about uh, about what we do and how maybe they can be better and get involved. Obviously, that's the way to do it. Make sure you follow him. I'll put links on his show notes page. Just go to carsyad.com, search bar Brian Bolander, B O H L A N D E R, and you'll find everything on those pages. They'll be there for you. Hey, thank you for spending some time with me today. This has been really fun to get to know you a lot better. I hope our paths cross again until you and I talk again. I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. It's been great. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Well, this has been fun for sure. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover 
and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!